Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to The Phoenix Within Us. Today, I have a very special bonus episode for you guys. And as you can tell from the title of this episode, this one is very significant to me and very special to me because I am sharing Lennon's birth story. And the reason why is because today is Lennon's first birthday. I cannot believe that I it has already been a year of Lennon being Earthside and just roaming this Earth, although she's only been roaming for a few months, but just existing and breathing and just, it's been a whole year. It's just crazy because it went by so fast and so slow at the same time. Like there's a saying that in motherhood, the days are long, but the years are short. And I can hold truth to that testament because there have been days where it's rough, but this year has just flown by so quickly. Lennon has learned so much, even just over the last month. So in in honor of her first birthday, I want to share her birth story. And I know I keep promising that I'm going to share pregnancy and motherhood episodes and Again, I do want to do those, and I was just going to share pregnancy and then tell Lennon's birth story, but there is a lot of negative thoughts and feelings that I had towards pregnancy, and I want to keep things positive and loving towards Lennon's first birthday because she is the light of my life and deserves the absolute best, and I just, I love her birth story. So let's jump right into it. So November of 2021, I was in school full-time. I just checked my time hop yesterday. I thought that I'd only gone to school. Lennon was born on a Friday. So I thought I had only gone to school up until that Monday, but my time hop told me otherwise and said that I went until Wednesday, which would have been two days before Lennon was born. I would have continued to go, but my professor said, don't come back. Like I don't want your water breaking in the middle of my class and so please just don't come back and I had that professor of for two of the three classes that I had in person so I just stopped going after that which the next week was Thanksgiving break and I gave birth so I would have had to stop anyways but yeah so then I think this is like some of this might be a little bit all over the place because I didn't take any notes I'm just saying this from memory so On the Tuesday before Lennon was born, I went in for my weekly appointment. And when you hit the third trimester, I don't know when exactly they start, but you start going to weekly appointments to your OBGYN and they just like check you, listen to the heart rate. Um, And at this one, they had done a cervical check to see if my uterus or my cervix had changed at all, if I was dilated or anything, because at this point I had hit 38 weeks and... They were like, okay, so like a lot of times in pregnancy towards the end, a lot of women will experience early signs of labor. And there's this thing called like a mucus plug that you lose that is just as gross as it sounds. But that's usually like one of the very first signs of labor. And a lot of times that happens like a few weeks before you go into labor. Um, A lot of women will have Braxton Hicks contractions leading up to labor. A lot of women will have just... There's a lot of early labor signs. And so I go to this appointment and they do a cervical check and the doctor is like, yep, 
you haven't dilated at all, your cervix actually hasn't changed, your uterus hasn't changed, everything's the exact same. So yeah, just hang in there. And I felt so discouraged. I did not enjoy being pregnant. I gained a lot of weight. I was so swollen. My hands were swollen. My feet were incredibly swollen to the point where like standing on my feet and walking just hurt. Like taking a shower, I had to like, towards the end, I was sitting in the shower, like on a stool to take a shower because my feet hurt that bad. So I left that doctor's appointment just feeling so discouraged. I was really hopeful that Lennon would be born soon. I think my doctor's appointment that last doctor's appointment that I went to was about, they gave me two different due dates. So it was a week before one of the due dates, two weeks before the other due date. It's weird that they gave me two due dates, but that's what it was. And I was really hopeful that she was going to be born on November 23rd because that is Miley Cyrus's birthday. And that was one of the due dates that they gave us. So I was manifesting that she'd be born on Miley Cyrus's birthday, which thinking back just sounds silly to say it, but to me, that was really important. I literally spent the entire month of November only listening to Miley Cyrus anytime I listened to music, which wasn't bad for me because I love Miley Cyrus anyways. So yeah, I just left feeling discouraged. I was like, I'm going to be pregnant forever. She's going to be born in December, which I didn't want because both my boyfriend and I have a lot of December birthdays in our families. Like my boyfriend's birthday is in December and we have like probably five or six birthdays between our two families in December. And I just didn't want to add another one to that. I wanted to just, I don't know, I wanted Lennon's birthday to be her own thing. So I was left there and I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to be pregnant forever. Like, this baby's not coming. She's not showing any signs of coming. No early labor. She's going to be born in December. I'm going to have to just get over it. She can share a birthday with everybody else. And that's that. And I was just miserable and discouraged. So fast forward to Thursday of that week. Um, Cam and I spent a lot of time running errands. We went to the mall to pick something up. We went to a baby store to pick some stuff up. And then we went to Ikea. And we walked around Ikea for so long looking for this certain thing. And then we had a walk to go find where you like actually picked it up in the like, the boxes and everything. Um, so we walked so much. Like I had to stop often because I would be out of breath or my feet would hurt. But we walked an insane amount that day. I was exhausted. And then that evening, my high school was putting on Mamma Mia, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. And one of my old teachers invited me to come and see the dress rehearsal because she was working on the musical and knew how much I loved this show. So she invited me to come and see it. And she was like, how are you feeling? All this stuff. I was like, I just feel miserable. I don't think that I'm ever going to stop being pregnant anytime soon. Nothing has changed about my body. And I was just explaining to her how discouraged I felt in that moment. So I go home that night and I'm just, I'm kind of in a bad mood about all of it still. Like it's been two days at this point and I just, I'm getting to the point of pregnancy where I'm just over it. I'm eating my dates, which is something that I guess is supposed to help. Um, I'm drinking my raspberry leaf tea. I am bouncing on a yoga ball every night. Like I'm doing, I'm doing the stuff to get this baby to come. 
And I think that if I hadn't been so uncomfortable, I would have been okay with waiting longer and just like going to 40 weeks or a lot of women go over 40 weeks the first time, which is what they told me, which is why I felt so discouraged because I was so convinced that I wouldn't go over 40 weeks. But if I weren't that uncomfortable, I think I wouldn't have been as discouraged as I was. So that night I go to bed, same old, same old. And the next day, uh, my mom actually had a friend in town who came from out of state to help with some work around our house. And they had a bunch of stuff planned. Cam and I had some stuff to do to get ready for the baby. We had to build a dresser, build a glider, just do some things. Um, actually, Cam already built the dresser, but we had to build a glider. We have uh, had other things to do. I just remember like Friday was a very busy planned day. Go to bed that night. And I woke up around 4.30 in the morning in a puddle of water. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I just I just peed the bed. Like, this is so embarrassing. Like, I know I'm pregnant and, like, don't have that much control over my bladder. But, like, this is so embarrassing. I'm never going to live this down. So I, like, get up. I go to the bathroom. I don't know why. That was my instinct, I guess. And I let out a full bladder. And I was like, oh. Like, (laughs) that's weird. Like, clearly I didn't pee the bed if I'm letting out a full bladder right now. So I start Googling the difference between pee and your water breaking. Because my first thought was not my water breaking. Like, I thought that it was, like, almost standard to have early signs of labor, including losing your mucus plug and all these other things in order to have your water break because that's just the stories I had heard from a lot of other women. And so that was not my first thought since I wasn't dilated or nothing had changed at all and I hadn't lost my mucus plug. So I go in back into my room and I wake my boyfriend up and I'm like, okay, I need you to wake up. Like I need, I need your help with something. And he's like, what, what's going on? And I was like, no, like I need your help with something. Like I'm not going, he's going to like, oh, like half asleep still. I'm like, no, like I'm not going to tell you what I need your help with until you're fully awake because like, I didn't want to freak him out. Like I, that's, I didn't want to like startle him awake and just, you know how people are when they wake up a lot more easily startled. So he wakes up and I'm like, um, I think my water broke. And one of the things was like, okay, so I was in like the bathroom and Googling this stuff and it was like, is there color? And I was wearing gray shorts and gray underwear. So I was like, I, I don't know if there's color because I'm wearing gray. And so it's just, yeah. And then it was like, is there odor? I was like, I don't think so. And then like the third thing was like, okay, if you think it might be your water put on a pad or something and you if it is your water breaking, the water will continue to trickle. Like it won't stop coming out, even though it's not coming out as fast as it was. And just so you know, your water breaking, whoa, your water breaking is like the amniotic, I think that's the word, fluid that like your baby is sitting in. Like that's what it means when your water breaks. Like that, it's like a balloon, a water balloon popping that's holding the baby in there from my understanding. That could be wrong, but that's what I remember it being. So I wake him up. I'm like, I think my water broke. And he like looks over and he's like, oh shit, <laughs> like there's a puddle of water. So I was like, yeah, like we put a towel on the bed. I was like, you know what? Like just in case I'm going to type my birth plan <laughs> because I hadn't done that yet. 
it was one of the things on my to-do list that I hadn't got to. And I had like I had everything in a booklet. We'd taken a birthing class and so like I checked things off in the booklet that I wanted to have. So I just had to like I really just had to type it all out. So that's what I did. I typed it all out and um then I like checked and the pad that I was wearing was wet. So it was like, all right, like I'm gonna go wake up my mom because I live at home. And I'm gonna wake up my mom because my mom was my second like support person because you could only have two people at the time due to COVID. So I'm gonna wake up my mom. Can you get these things for me? Because my hospital bag had been packed for about a week or two at this point. But there were a few things that I was like using often that I didn't want to have packed away quite yet. So I had him get all that stuff together and I, sorry, I keep getting distracted because I keep thinking that I hear linen, but she's sound asleep. So, okay. Um, so I have him do that and then have him get his bag together because he hadn't packed his bag yet. And I go and try to wake up my mom and my mom is very easily startled. Like when she's wide awake, she's easily startled. And when you wake her up, she's like very disoriented, which is understandable. I'm the same way, but I go in and I'm trying to wake her up discreetly so I don't wake up my dad because it's five in the morning at this point. And I'm like, mom, mom. She's like, huh, what, huh? And I'm like, can you come out in the hallway with me? Because I'm like, I'm trying to keep this like quiet so people don't have to be awake at five in the morning. And she's just like, ah, ah, whatever. So um, my dad ends up waking up and I'm like, um... My, I think my water broke and she's like, what? Huh? What? And she's like, oh my gosh, like I had, I had this to do. I have this to do. I have to do blah, blah, blah. Like who's going to go get your sister from school and like all this stuff. And, um, I was like, um, we'll figure it out. But like the baby's coming. So I kind of had to just like go with this. Like this is kind of the most important thing happening today. And I'm a very like, for the most part, I'm a very like put together person. I'm kind of like, this is what needs to get done. And I do it. So that's how it was. I was like delegating to my mom and Cam. Like, okay, this needs to get done. This needs to get done. My mom's like, I'm the one freaking out. And you're the one in labor right now. It's like, yeah, this is just kind of how it is for me. Um, so we head downstairs. And, or I call the hospital. And I tell them that I think my water, bro- my water broke. I woke up to like a puddle of water. And they're like, okay, yeah, you should head in. Like once your contractions start getting closer together. But you should probably head in soon anyways. Like, okay, so I went and I made myself some breakfast and like not like a heavy breakfast, but like some apples and some yogurt. I started making that and then I started feeling contractions because you cannot eat once you get to the hospital. You cannot eat until you give birth. It's like something to have to do if you like have to have a C section or something. Like and I knew I was gonna be hungry because I hadn't eaten until like since the night before. So I went to go make myself some food and my contractions are getting pretty bad. And so I couldn't eat it because these contractions were happening and contractions are like waves of period cramps, but like the worst period cramps you could ever imagine. Like I have pretty bad period cramps and this was worse than that. Um, yeah, awful. Not everyone has that experience, but that was my experience. So I start having these contractions and there's like, I think it's like a three, one, one rule. I want to say that's the rule. It's like, contractions are three minutes apart lasting for at least one minute for one hour that could be wrong I'm actually gonna look it up okay 
yesterday I looked it up. Yeah, three it was three one two. I always learn three one one, but it says a good general rule is three one two is contractions three minutes apart or last less three minutes apart or less, lasting over one minute in duration for at least two hours that you can't talk or walk through. So I was having that and like I could talk a little bit, but I was like in a lot of pain. So I didn't even get to eat my breakfast and we headed to the hospital. Cam and I went and my mom followed us and we get to the hospital and check us in and everything. And we actually took the last room in the maternity ward and because I guess there were just a lot of women there. Um, I actually have met a few people who have kids who were born the same day as Lennon. So that's pretty cool and just wild that that was a thing. So we check in and there was a lot of symbolism that happened throughout the day. And one of the first things is that um, our nurse, who we were fortunate enough that she was on like a 12-hour shift. So we got there at 6 a.m. And she was able to stay with us, like, throughout my laboring process. So we get to the hospital around 6, 6.30 a.m. And this nurse comes in, and she has, like, a butterfly mask and, like, a butterfly tattoo on her back and everything. Like, she showed it was, like, on her neck so I could see it. Um, and the cool thing was is that towards the end of my pregnancy, like, in October of last year – I saw butterflies around my hometown like so much. And I I never see butterflies here. If we do like the little, little like white ones, but I was seeing monarch butterflies every single time I drove my car for like two weeks in October. And again, like I never see monarch butterflies here. I've talked to other people. They don't often see butterflies here. Um, and I was seeing them that often and I looked it up and it was just like a sign of like you're on the right path and everything, which was really meaningful to me because of just where I was at mentally during my pregnancy and just being a young mom. So it was really cool to then get to the hospital and this nurse that was with us who was so amazing had a butterfly mask on and had butterfly tattoos and just it was beautiful. And then another thing was that she told us and anyone who works in like OB they will tell you, a lot of people will tell you that this is true, that the moon controls when women go into labor. It has something to do with like a lot of like spiritually, like women are synced with the moon. If you think about it, like the moon has a 28 day cycle and women's menstrual cycles are typically 28 days. So there's a lot of like symbolism and a lot of like spirituality between women and the moon. And which I learned about this like after the fact. But she told us that there was a huge lunar event that happened the night that I went into labor. It's like the 18th going into the 19th. I'm actually going to look it up really fast. Okay. So... It was a partial lunar eclipse. It was the longest partial lunar eclipse since February of 1440. 1440. That's, I don't even know how many years ago, 600 years ago, something like that. Close to 600 years ago. And the next one will happen 600 years from now. And the peak of that partial lunar eclipse was between 4 o'clock and 4.30 a.m., when my water broke, which is just absolutely insane that like, I don't know what the pool is. I have no idea 
how that was connected to the moon or how the moon had that on my body. But I mean, like the moon controls the ocean. So like, who's to say the moon didn't completely cause Lennon to be born at that moment in time mixed with God. But like, it's just so, so, so cool. I love that part of Lennon's birth story, which is why I want to share this with you guys. Cause so many cool things happen. So like we have the butterflies going on and the symbolism with that. And then we have the lunar eclipse that happened or the partial lunar eclipse that it's peak caused my water to break like that is when my water broke was at its peak and that is what she like said like that's why we think like it's so full today because we were the people we took like the last room in the maternity ward and she's like that's why it's so full today because of this lunar event because a lot of people who work in OB believe that the moon has a huge impact on when women will go into labor so once I get to the hospital, I'm hooked up to the machines and everything. And I don't know how long it was, but it was a little bit of time before just excruciating pains. So like the contractions were coming and going and I was able to like breathe through them and I was like in pain for a second, but then not. And like, I'm the type of person that like when I'm having period cramps or like contractions, like I just, I'm just like quiet. I don't want to talk or anything. Like I'm just sitting there and like feeling the pain. I'm really not good at breathing through the pain. And maybe if I have more kids, that's something I can work on. But I was just kind of letting the pain like take control of me. Um, And I got in this headspace that was just like, not even headspace, like a mental state. And I think only people who have gone through labor know what this is. Um, Cam's sister-in-law described to me as like labor land, like la la land or something like that. And like, it's just this haze, this fog, this like, you're there, but you're really not there. And it's like, I was in so much pain. I feel so bad because Cam was trying to do everything to like, be nice and do the right things. And, like, oh, do you want ice? Oh, do you want your jello? Oh, do you want water? And I was like, just shut up. Like, do not talk to me. I will tell you if I want something, which sounds so mean. But like, if you're in labor, like one day you'll get it. Or at least I hope I hope your labor isn't that painful, but if it is, you'll understand. Like, I was just like, don't talk, don't talk, don't talk. I will tell you when I want something. And the only, like, I tried everything to be comfortable. I tried, like, the sitting on a yoga ball. I tried, like, they have, like, this, like, yoga ball peanut type of thing that they put in between my legs. Like, I was trying everything. And the only thing that relieved the pain for my contractions was sitting on the toilet. Like, it wasn't even going to the bathroom. Like, it was just sitting on the toilet. I don't know why, but it just relieved so much pain. At one point, there's a picture that maybe I'll share on my Instagram, on my personal Instagram. But I was, like, holding Cam. And, like, he'd have to hold a puke bucket. And they had to put a fan on my face because I was, like, sweating. And I kept feeling I was going to throw up. I don't know if I ever actually did. I might have but I don't remember I was just like holding Cam in this like weird position and like putting all of my weight on him and just like trying to relieve these the pain from these contractions and I have a terrifying fear of needles this is very important a horrific fear of needles because I used to just pass out when I would get my blood drawn or possibly sometimes when I got a shot But starting my senior year of high school, I started having seizures when I would get blood drawn or get a shot or unless I took Valium, which they didn't want me taking while I was pregnant. They gave me a few exceptions for when they needed blood work, but I wasn't supposed to take it while I was in labor. 
So I have this huge fear because I could have a seizure and that's terrifying and I just hate needles, obviously. And so I wanted an epidural, like it wasn't off the table, but I was so scared of it because if you don't know, an epidural is just a super long needle that goes into your back and it stays in your back. And there's also like the possibility that like it could cause issues and all this stuff. And then I'd heard about them wearing off and everything. So I was just, I was, I wanted the pain to go away, but I was so scared of the needle that I waited up until the last moment possible. So the nurse who was with us all day was like, okay, like I even feel bad because at one point the doctor who delivered my daughter, who delivered Lennon came in and it wasn't my OBGYN. It was another doctor who was there that day. Um, and she came in, like introduced herself to me. And I just completely ignored her, but I was in, like, it wasn't intentional. Like I can't even explain to you the haze and the fog and just like the mental state that I was in during these contractions and during labor. So she like, of course, like later I apologize and she's like, I, I, that happens a lot. So like, don't feel bad at all. Like a lot of women just like are in so much pain that they don't talk. And like, I get it. I, I hundred percent get it anyway. So we till the last minute, um, the nurse is like, okay, so you're eight centimeters dilated, which if you don't know, you get up to 10 centimeters dilated. So I was only two centimeters away. It's like you're eight centimeters dilated. It's now or never on the epidural. Do you want it? And I was like, yes, I want it, but I'm so scared of the needle. And she's like, okay, how do you feel about just calling the guy in and all this stuff? And I was like, okay, sure. Like, fine, let's go for it. Like this pain is just so awful. So one, they have to do, they have to insert the epidural while you're having a contraction. And two, you cannot move when they put it in or else it can cause some serious issues. And I am already so terrified of needles that I was scared of moving then. And then two, like having a contraction, that hurts too. So I was so scared of that, but he put it in. It wasn't that bad because of the pain that I was in. I think I was, if I was in less pain, I would have freaked out about it more, but I was in so much pain that I was focused on the pain and not on the insertion and is that the word of the epidural itself? So after that, I took an epidural nap, which is like a common thing. And I took about an hour, an hour and a half long nap. And I wake up and I was like, good morning world. I felt normal. I felt like myself. I felt like happy go lucky. Um, I had snapped out of that foggy haze that I was in. So we start playing music. I'm listening to some Miley Cyrus to get me all hyped up. Some mother's daughter, like listening to, I had like made several playlists of like hype up songs. I was listening to that song. I had like, I think it came out the day Lennon was born. It was like the, I am woman. I am fearless. That one. Um, I am sexy. I'm divine. That one, that one that was like huge on TikTok. I was like listening to that one, hyping myself off, like up, like I am woman. I can do this. My body was made to do this. All of that good stuff. And so then um, the nurse comes in, checks me, is like, you're 10 centimeters dilated. And was like, do you want to like, let's start pushing. I was like, because she was crowning too. And crowning means that she's like towards the opening. I'm trying to say this without getting too graphic because I don't know if you guys want all the nitty gritty details. But crowning means that they are towards the opening and that they're they're ready to come out. Like sometimes you, you can be 10 centimeters dilated and the head isn't near the opening. So it can make pushing 
last a lot longer. So I put on this playlist or I had Cam put on this playlist that was like calming music. So there was worship music in there. There was Harry Styles in there. There was I think Billie Eilish or something like that. It was just like music that just like calmed my soul and made me feel good to like get through all of this. My plan was to have it playing the entire time I was in labor. I thought my labor was going to be a lot more zen than it was. But, you know, shit happens. So uh, we started playing it once I started pushing. And I pushed for about 20 to 30 minutes. I don't exactly remember. And this is probably my favorite part of Lennon's birth story. Actually, there's so many favorite parts. The moon and this are my two favorite things, but this one has even more like significant meaning to me. So my favorite song of Harry Styles and one of my favorite songs of all time is Fine Line. And if you've heard Fine Line, if not, go listen to it right after this podcast or right now so that you know what I'm talking about. But it's just like (sighs) Fine Line and the Sign of the Times to me are like cinematic masterpieces put into a song if that makes sense at all. I hope it does. They're just so beautiful and they just reach my soul and just like, oh my gosh, there's so much beauty. Like there have been times that I've cried to Fine Line long before this happened. So Fine Line was on this playlist and this playlist was just on shuffle. So Fine Line was playing and there's this part of Fine Line that goes, we'll be a line or we'll be all right. I forget which part it is. It goes, it's like this horn section. It's beautiful. It's like the climax of the song. It's just amazing. It's everything. It's my favorite part of the whole song. And so I'm pushing, the song's playing and the nurse goes, I've been pushing for like 20, 30 minutes at this point. And the nurse goes, all right, let's call on the doctor. We're going to have a baby. And then the song goes, we'll be all right. And I just start crying. I just start crying because I was like, this is so beautifully aligned. Like, I think so much more of this will make sense when I share my pregnancy story and I hope that I'm ready to share that soon. But I disassociated a lot from my pregnancy, just like wasn't cognitively aware of a whole lot that was going on in my body. I felt disconnected from my body for a plethora of reasons. But like this was like, oh my gosh, like between all of the symbolism that had happened in that day, the literally the celestials aligning for my water to break, the symbolism of the butterflies, and then this, my favorite song. It was like God was saying, like, no, 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 like, this is supposed to be happening right here, right now. Like, this, this is all, this is all that was supposed to happen. It was just beautiful. So then the doctor comes in. I push Lennon out. I didn't tear much. Usually they like it's like first through like third degree tear or something and like the higher you get like the worse it is. They didn't even like categorize it as a first degree tear because it teared towards the side instead of like straight down. So Lennon comes out. I push I push Lennon out. Surprise. And first of all, babies are like purple when they come out because they've been inside of a body for a long time and just I don't I don't know the science behind why they're purple, but they're purple. She comes out and I'm just holding her and it's just like, it was un, it was unreal. 
it was unreal. I don't even know what I was thinking in the moment. I don't know if I was thinking. Like, it was like, what? <laughs> like, okay, this is my child now. And again, a lot of the things has to do with pregnancy. Like, some people have super emotional responses. And I told you guys that when, like, my water broke, I was very much like, okay, matter of fact, this is what has to get done. And when linen was on my chest, I felt love towards her, but it wasn't like an emotional overcoming love. It was like a, okay, this is my child now and I will do whatever possible to take care of her. It was, it was matter of fact, but it came from a place of love. I didn't know how I was going to respond. Um, I think typically if I'd been in like a normal mental space throughout my whole pregnancy that I would have probably been overcome with emotion, but because of where I was at mentally during that time, it was just like a, okay, I do, I love this thing so much and I'm going to, I'm going to take care of her. That's, that's my job. I'm taking her care of her because I love her and because I gave her life. And so, yeah, that's Lennon's birth story. Ultimately, she was born at 6.03 PM on November 19th, 2021. And she's, She's the best thing in the entire world. She had a rough start. I will say, Lennon, if you're listening to this, you had a rough start. Those first two nights in the hospital were rough. They had actually opened the baby nursery, which had been closed because of COVID. And they opened it and they couldn't take Lennon because she wouldn't stop crying unless Cam was walking with her. And like, when you have an epidural, you can't walk. And plus, like, I just given birth. So like, Cam was letting me sleep. And he set off the alarm several times because we were the first room in the ward. And if you get too close to a certain wall in our room, it would like set it off. Like we were taking her out of the area, like trying to steal her. And that's not what was happening. But yeah, that happened several times. She cried so much one night, like one night we, I don't remember if it was the first or the second night, but we finally got her to like quiet down. And she, like we put her in like the little like rolling bassinet that they had and they started taking her to the nursery and she woke up and she was just like crying and it was just it was difficult because like we were trying to do everything and like we're new parents and we were just like what was going on why won't she stop crying because we didn't hear like many other babies crying in the hallway but anyways she's come a long way she has come a long way if you know Lennon, you absolutely love her. She is the light of my life. Like, she has the most contagious smile. She has the best sense of humor. Like, she's one, and she knows when you're being funny. And she's known that for a very, very long time. Like, she's known that since she was, like, six or seven months. Like, I would make a joke, and she would just kind of, like, laugh. Like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Uh she wouldn't say ha 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 obviously but like she would like smile like oh you're joking with me huh mom and she's just she's so clever and smart she's starting to say words she's pushing her like little walker like she probably could walk if she had more confidence in herself she's just she loves to climb on everything she moves around so fast. I'm scared for when she starts walking because I'm not going to be able to catch up with her, but she is amazing in so many ways. And if I could go back and tell myself a year ago, a year and a half ago, even six months ago, if I could go back and sit down with myself 
I would just tell her, I would say, Lauren, like, this is hard. This is going to be really, really hard. It's going to be the most challenging thing that you have ever done. But you have never loved anything more than you love Lennon. I'm sorry to tear up for like the hundredth time in like the last 24 hours of the last week. Um, there's nothing that you love more than Lennon and she gives you purpose. Like you have wanted to be a mom your whole life and I know this isn't how you wanted it to happen or when you wanted it to happen, but it's happening and she's so... She is beyond your wildest dreams amazing. Like, I can't even come up with words right now to describe how much I love Lennon and how beautiful she is and how wonderful she is and just how much light she has brought into the world, not just in my life, not just in Cam's life, not just in our family's lives, but like into the world. Lennon is literally just a ball of light, of sunshine. Everywhere we go, she's smiling at people. She's waving at people. Like, she puts a smile on so many people's faces. And, like, I just love her so much. I can't wait to see who she grows into be. She's already become such an amazing person the first year of life. And I know that this is just a glimpse into who she'll be. Like, she can be whoever she wants as long as she's a nice person and she's not doing drugs or anything illegal. She can be whatever she wants like I just love her so much I love her I love her so much so thank you for listening to this um I love Lennon's birth story I hope that you enjoyed it um yeah it just it was amazing and I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode I'll probably not put an episode out this upcoming week because my birthday is tomorrow when you're listening to this. So it's on Sunday, November 20th. I spent my 21st birthday in the hospital. Turn up. Do people even say that anymore? They probably don't. Um, Yeah. So super fun 21st, super wild, super crazy. Spent it in the hospital. Yeah, big deal. So I just want to spend time with my family. Thanksgiving is coming up. So have a great rest of your week. Have a great Thanksgiving. And happy birthday, Lennon. I love you, sweet girl. Have a great week, guys. Love you. Bye.